The Utah Jazz season comes to an end in game number six against the Dallas Mavericks. It's quite frankly, the offense just never got going in the series. Some of the old bugaboos came back as well, but that's really the story as much as anything is the Jazz never got their offense back. David Locke along with Ron Boone. This is Postcast. So, Ron Boone, the season comes to an end sooner than we had hoped against the Dallas Maverick team that, you know, honestly, in a lot of ways tonight was just better than the Jazz. I thought the Jazz played hard. There weren't a lot. There aren't a lot of things I think you can look at with the Jazz and say should have, would have, could have. Maybe I'm sure people will find some of them. But uh, in in my book, really, I just, you know, the Dallas was in a close-fought game. I think Dallas was probably just better than Utah tonight. Yeah, executed very better, I, I thought. Got the type of shots that they needed, but you know, and they had Luca uh, just orchestrating everything that they needed to get done there in that third period. Remarkable player, has good size, good good offensive ability, but he just made things better, I, I think, for for Benny Smith and and got a bullet. Only had a couple of field goals, but those were the ones that uncontested that Luca made for him, but. You know, you, you got to give your hats off to, to Dallas. Uh, the way they uh, used their offense against the Utah Jazz tonight was just r- remarkable. So two plays late in the game, Jazz fans will be talking about, both on the offensive end. One, Mike Conley has the ball, open floor, four seconds, you know, open opportunity, uh, down by one, chance, I believe it was down by one at the time, chance to possibly win the ball game and he travels he gets in the lane he stops he didn't keep the dribble alive and he stops drags his foot gets trapped and travels um and then the other one an unbelievable play by quinn snyder out of the timeout looping pass over the top boy on wide open he doesn't take the usual dribble he takes if i had a wish that would be i think he had enough time to take it he got it off with about 2.1 seconds left and uh and he misses. And, uh, boy, we have had a lot of times over the last few years where a clutch bogey three is right up there with death and taxes as the guarantees in life. It seems almost appropriate that in a weird way this season, a season that never, like, regained its rhythm after COVID and where unexpected things kept happening, i.e., like the Jazz having the best offense in the league and never getting the offense going, that a bogey three would come up short, like, there was, there was no way I thought he was going to miss it when he had it, and then it came off his hands, and there was no way it was going in. Well, he's such a great shooter that every time he shoots the basketball, you think it's going to go in. You know, same with Donovan. A lot of times the same with Conley there as well. Uh, because of the year that they've had or their, the career that they've had in, in shooting a, a, a three-point shot, especially that right corner. Now, that left corner is not one of Donovan – well, not uh, Bogey's – corners that he takes a lot of them but his percentage is still good you know from that left corner if that was in that right corner boy, that would have been probably automatic because that's where he makes most of his three-point field goals from a defensive standpoint we see uh we see this a lot of the same thing that caused the jazz such problems over the years uh is that dwight powell does not play in the second half dallas had never got the pick and roll going the entire series they uh they kept trying and trying and trying. I could give you all the data. I don't think anyone gives a peep about data right now. Um, take that for data. Um, but they didn't. They couldn't get the pick and roll going. The Jazz are the number one pick and roll defense. That happened for years. And so they spread the floor. And they didn't play Dwight Powell. They played Maxi Kleba just seven minutes in the second half. Jason Kidd just spread it out. Played Dorian. Played no center, really. Right. And um, 
And the same in the Jazz allowed 37 points in the third quarter or 36, and that was the that was the season. Yeah, it, it's 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 like we saw this last year against the Clippers, where they go uh, small, uh, five out, and and just cause problems uh, uh, with the Jazz defensively, and and even offensively, the Jazz were still unable to you know to get the basketball to Rudy. It, Rudy only attempted six shots tonight, 11 rebounds. I mean, 12 rebounds, rather. But I'd like to see a secondary offense, I think, um, uh, when teams have when they, when teams go to something like that. It's an interesting kind of place where the Jazz are right now. They, they get out of the first round last year, and they then lose to the Clippers. They lose to Denver in the bubble in Game 7. Unlike those two series, the Jazz really were never in control of the series. They won Game 1, but a disappointing performance in game two and then to lose game three at home and you know i i, I i've actually left this one with kind of the feeling that dallas is just a lot better than utah maybe yeah. just because of luca but i mean the fact that they won the series in six without luca playing three if i'm evaluating the series i have to just say dallas is a much better team than utah no, i i say that as well david especially late in the year when they started to when they made the, the, the trades and added a couple of players they added a couple of three-point shooters and a couple of wing players there. I'm going to talk about Bullock and Dinwiddie. You know, um, and, and obviously, Vinny Smith is giving the Jazz some problems there as well. But you know, they're, they positioned themselves, or they made themselves better by filling positions that they needed to fill and, 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 and giving Luca more support than you know what they had when they had that Pazingas in the, in the lineup. The... Uh... Mavericks were 18 and five after that trade. You know why they got better in that trade? They traded for two good players and they gave away a bad one. <laughs> Helps. Yeah. Um, from a jazz standpoint, uh, I, I don't, I'll be honest. I, I don't know what happens next. I, I, I'm not one who believes in this, like blow it out idea. I don't know. Blow it up. I, I don't know what you think happens at that point. I think you end up with an empty lot um and not much on it if you're not careful you, know, you, you, um, made, you brought up a point uh david about that third period and how the jazz have struggled throughout the uh throughout the playoffs in the third period and you, i guess we'd have to go back and watch films and see what adjustments teams make uh obviously the adjustment tonight was as you just mentioned by not playing powell uh and going five out uh even when they put cleaver in the ball game they didn't keep him in the ball game that long, you know, but so uh, the adjustment that they made, I'd like to see what other teams have made there as well. But I believe the, the Jazz quarter, were like in the regular season. I don't have my note. My notes are somewhere long gone. I think the Jazz were the number two third quarter team in the NBA. I mean, there's nothing about this, this series. Yeah, right. No, like this series, the Jazz were minus 10 in, in, uh, in third going into tonight and tonight was worse. Right. So the Jazz probably finished, you know, minus 15, minus 20 per hundred possessions in the, uh, third quarter, so it was certainly a problem. What's so interesting is like the Jazz couldn't score; they were the number one offense. They had bad third quarters. They were the number two third quarter team in the regular season. Like a lot of the things that they did well throughout the year just did not come with them into this series. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a great year anyway. Um, hopefully, uh, the Jazz uh, make some good choices. I, I think as far as improving this basketball team, um, I, I, I think we should mention the series that Clarkson had and uh, he was such a bright spot uh, and just fun to watch. You know, he just, sometimes you feel like he's out of control, but that's the way he plays and, and Quinn lets him go and, and he just seems to make things happen. The one thing I, I want to point out about this series, I think is just 
I'll point it out now, frankly, so that when the narrative starts otherwise, um, it can be pointed out that we point it out now. So the Jazz defense the last three games of the series was great. Mm-hmm. Like the Jazz actually figured out how to play defense. They, The Mavericks' def- offensive rating was not – it was 110, 110, 108. That's like you should beat that. That's like that's that's right at league average. The Jazz, if you told me coming into the series that the Jazz would have three game, four games in which the Mavericks' offensive rating was below one ten, I would have promised you we won the series. Mm, okay. So the Jazz offense inability offensively is what cost them this series. Yeah. Not Rudy Gobert getting spread out in five wide. The Jazz inability, which was really by the end of it, the, the key number is in the last two nights they go twelve of sixty five from three. Mm. Now, and why? You know, we got to figure that out. But yeah. that's, um, you know, but like, it's an interest. Like to me, I just think that's like important to point out as we sit here trying to evaluate this. I'll watch the. I haven't started to watch the national yet. I know what the articles will be tomorrow. It'll be about Rudy being spread out. It's yeah. not true. Like the offensive rating was a one hundred eight. That's not good. The Jazz offensive rating was worse. Now, is it because Rudy is a detriment to the team offensively so much so that they aren't able to have good playoff offense? Maybe. That's probably a legitimate conversation. But Rudy defensively getting spread out, battling against Luka and all that that will be talked about by a bunch of very lazy journalists is actually not accurate. <laughs> just not get it out I there now. Said that. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> I'm going to be fighting that for the next three months, so I just want it on record that before I've heard any of those journalists I'm telling you that's the case now. Why we're not good enough offensively, why the number one offense in the league didn't come in this series, I think is really the question that has to be asked. Well, thanks, Ron thanks, Boone. Thanks for a great year that you, as you always do, always have. And Thank you to everybody who joined us throughout the year. All eight favorites advance in the first round of the playoffs, which is interesting for all the people for the old calling card that the regular season doesn't matter. Turns out maybe it does. <laughs> maybe it's actually a pretty good indicator of where you are. Um, so we'll see. Thank you very much to everybody who tuned in. We really appreciate all of you. A lot of regulars in there. A lot of Maverick fans have been fun to be interacting with. It's been a great honor to do this. Ron's the best. So uh, hopefully heading back to do it for you again next year. Locked on Jazz will continue, and Postcast will be there then. In case you're wondering why he's wearing this T-shirt. Hmm. Hmm. I blew through my shirt during the broadcast tonight. It's in the garbage back here, and I had to buy this shirt, so I have one for the rest of the game. All right. All right. See you guys.